Welcome everybody to the season premiere of Something About Sports slash We Talk Wrestling right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I'll shit in your bed. Here we go again. <laughs> Welcome new back, season, ladies. same shit. New, yeah, new season, same shit. Yep. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we have a pretty interesting list for you guys. Shout out to thesportster.com for this list. This is the top 10 biggest what ifs in WCW history. Now, WCW had so much potential. Nice. WCW had so much potential, but an array of mistakes led to the promotion's downfall. What if things happened differently? After hiring Eric Bischoff to run WCW, Ted Turner's company embarked on a heated Monday Night War with Vince McMahon and WWE. In the short term, WCW had become the top wrestling promotion in the world, and it looked like Vince was on the verge of being put out of business. But bundle after bundle of giant mistakes beginning to add up over time, by the year 2001, WCW had closed its doors before Vince bought them out. Here's a look at 10 biggest what ifs in the history of profession of WCW. Which one do you guys want to take the first one? Tonight? Uh, I mean, I can, I don't mind. Uh, right, let's cool. start with number 10 and that's uh triple H stays in WCW. Uh, so for those who don't know hmm. before he was triple H, he performed as Jean-Paul Levesque for WCW in 94. Uh, also, before that, he was terrorizing. Terrorizing. <laughs> the, the, the most awesome name for a female wrestler. Tara oh, my rising. God. Oh, you're going to be intimidated by a dude named Tara? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I, not keep not reading, I. Not I. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love how they left that out of the article. <laughs> like, we, we just yeah. skim over terrorizing. No, um, we won't. <laughs> chances are they probably no. don't even remember terrorizing. To be honest with you. Uh, so oh, so uh, Triple H was assigned to the role of a French aristocrat and formed a tag team with Lord Stephen Regal. Hence, why they are so close and friends today. Uh, WCW had no interest in giving him much of a push, so Levesque left to join WWE in 1995. Well, Vince McMahon treated Triple H much better upon arrival. He quickly moved up in the ranks and formed the iconic click. Are we just going to gloss over the 10-second the squash to the Ultimate Warrior? But that's after the click. Okay. Oh, that's true. That's between yeah. Click and Degeneration X because of the curtain call. Yeah, because yeah, of the curtain call. Yeah, because of the curtain yeah. call. Yeah, that uh, was his punishment. So yeah, this so is between the, the two stables. Yeah, so uh, he quickly moved up in the ranks and formed the iconic Click and Degeneration X stable. Uh, Triple H was a pivotal part of helping WWE put away WCW in the wars. Don't forget that time where he and the DX Army invaded WCW. Uh, that was some must-see TV right there. Uh, you can only imagine how things could have played out if WCW had kept Triple H around. DX would not have been the same without him, that's for sure. Also, where would the WWE even stand today if Triple H never married Stephanie McMahon, which led to him co-running WWE with his father-in-law? 
Ooh. Um, well, let's see if I'm just going to throw this out there now. If Jean-Paul Levesque would have stayed in WCW, he would have never become Triple H. He would have, I don't think he would have ever become the game, the cerebral assassin. He wouldn't be a 14 time, uh, world heavyweight champion uh he wouldn't be a hall of famer or anything like that uh we would probably have forgotten right. who he was altogether right because in 1994 who was the big arrival in wcw in 1994 oh it was hulk hogan so obviously hulk hogan's not gonna put Roger's favorite wrestler. The young kid over right so Obviously, it's going to be a Hogan show, you know. I also love that at that panel, I shit on Hogan so much that people did not care at all. Yeah, did not. <laughs> I wish I would have been there. I think they were uh, agreeing with me as how much of a piece of shit he is. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, Roger, where do you think Triple H would be if he had stayed in WCW? Um, he definitely probably would have wrestled for probably probably to like 98 and that'd been it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, to be honest, I still think he would have found a way to WWE. It may have been later, but I think he would have found a way to WWE regardless. Uh, but his I mean, trajectory would have been completely changed. Yes and no. I think he would have been there. I think he would have got there just in time to still make friends with Michaels. But maybe not gotten so close to uh, Nash and Hall, so he wouldn't have gotten screwed by the current call. Maybe, um, like I feel he would have been able to skip that one portion of his career, which still would have set him upwards. Well, here's the thing: if if he stayed in WCW till '98, mm-hmm. Hall and Nash are there before then. Does does he become a pivotal member of the NWO? I don't think so. I don't think he would have, like I said, I don't think he would have became friends with Hall and Nash. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, I don't I don't think that the would have only reason he made friends with them. I think the only the only reason he made friends with them, I think, it's because he became friends with Michaels before that. Michaels was already friends with them. I can see that. Yeah. So I think he'd have, I think he would have gotten mad. I think he'd have gotten shit on like everybody in the undercard did or midcard did uh, against the NWO and Hogan and Nash and Hall. And I think that drove him to be even more, I guess, aggressive and perfected himself when he moves over to the WWE. And D-Generation X is definitely the pure counter to that. And then they actually do invade WCW because, I mean, at that time, I mean, Triple H would have been around WCW enough for people still to remember him, so him jumping over there and invading WCW would have actually happened, most likely. Right. But then again, you got also got to look at it from this perspective, too, is that if Triple H never goes to WWE, I mean, Shawn Michaels could have probably still done DX, but, you know... Nah. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he would have. I'm just saying the possibility is that he could have. But would it made sense? Because here's the thing: Triple H doesn't go to WWE. He never joins Degeneration X. And even after you know when, when Shawn Michaels left, and then they had the new version of Degeneration X when it was him, X Pop, the Outlaws, and China, we wouldn't have gotten that. 
version of Degeneration X. So that means if we don't have that version of, G- of Degeneration X, that means we don't have the rivalry with the nation that was one of the biggest rivalries in 1998, or of the whole Attitude Era. Never mind just never mind just that year, you know. So yeah, I mean, to be honest, and again, look, going back to what the last paragraph said, if Triple H didn't go to WW didn't go to WWE. Who knows to say if he would have even, you know, met Stephanie and then, you know, had that whole deal going. And then now, I mean, you look at what Triple H is doing now. He's pretty much running the show now in WWE. And I, the world, I think the wrestling world would be way different in that in, in, in that context because he wouldn't have been. Because, again, like what you got said a minute ago, he would have been. If he'd have stayed in WCW, he'd have been shoved underneath the undercard. He would have been cannon fodder for the NWO, like every other WCW mid-carder was at the time. You know, it, it, it would have been very, very bad for him. Uh, I think I was, I was, I was, uh, did you guys ever watch his uh, WWE documentary, Thy Kingdom Come? From like 12 years ago? So, something like that. I can't remember how long ago it was. Yeah. I, but he had, he I vaguely remember it. He he talked. He told the story about he told the story with Eric Bisch about his meeting with Eric Bischoff when he first got to WCW, where Eric Bischoff offered him two years, and he said, "Can I just do one year?" And he goes, "Why are you wanting one year? I'm offering you two. He goes, "Well, here's the thing: you're offer if you offer me a one year deal, yeah, I might starve a little bit, but after that one year, you're gonna know either this guy's not worth the money we're paying him, or he's worth a hell of a lot more." You know, and I mean, I mean, I give credit where credit is due. I mean, Triple H is a smart person. I mean, I mean, he was trained by Killer Kowalski, so he knew the he knew the business, you know. So, you know, I think he made the best decision for him. But at the same time, I also feel like he made the best decision for the wrestling industry as a whole, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Um yeah, but I also think that this whole theory thing is—I don't think there would have been a Degeneration X. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, who was going to be Michael's friend at that point? Yeah, I mean, I don't because he was not a liked person in the locker room at the time. Nope, one of the biggest shitbags back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if we don't have anything else to speak about this particular topic, we can move on to the next what if. Uh, you want I'll this one, Rod? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. I'll go ahead and read. Um, so next up, uh, next what if is um, Goldberg's undefeated streak stays alive. Um, even though he had a limited skill set in the ring, even though he had, he still has a limited skill set in the <laughs> ring. Um, former pro football player Bill Goldberg be- quickly became a huge fan favorite in WCW. He squashed his opponents and embarked on a historic undefeated streak. Goldberg took his 173 streak to the 1998 Starcade pay-per-view, where he clashed with Kevin Nash in the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship. But Scott Hall interfered and attacked Goldberg with a cattle prod. This is Taser with a cattle prod, um, helping Nash score the pinfall victory. 
Uh, Goldberg's character lost plenty of momentum after this loss, and the fans weren't fully behind him anymore. If his streak had lasted longer, Goldberg's legend would have grown even more, and who knows what would what no, who knows where that could have gone. Sorry, I can't read that for some reason. Um, I mean, that's what happens when you make uh, a, the booker and a, the main event wrestler at the same time. Yeah. You find a way to shit on people who you shouldn't be beating. For those who do not know, Kevin Nash was the booker at this point. 1998, yeah, he was the booker. Don't know how he got the fucking booking job, but... Well, I mean, yeah. Eric Bischoff did. I mean, I'm mean, i pretty sure the end, when you NWO, you NWO for life, right? I guess Eric Bischoff said, yeah, go ahead, Kev, you can have the book. You know, because it was... <laughs> It, it it was a time in WCW like I mean yeah I mean, don't get me wrong is Goldberg a, is Goldberg a technical wizard and a great worker in the ring I, no um, but let's be completely honest he did have a mystique about him that fans gravitated to he did have he did have a look which is very similar to Austin's look in a sense the bald head the goatee the black trunks you know Hold they on, basically WCW very basically, similar. No, that was a straight ripoff. <laughs> Nevertheless, similar whip off. You get what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, is that basically they wanted him to be the equivalent of Steve Austin in the w, in, in WCW. The problem was, though, is that he went on this incredible 173 and 0 streak. You know, and not that not that you know maybe like the streak wasn't warranted or anything like that. I mean. There, I mean, because there've been plenty of you know former football players who have, you know, gr- you know who's graced the squared circle. You know, uh, Ron Simmons was a former football player. Wahoo McDaniel was a former football player. Brian Pillman was a former football player. You know, so there's plenty of guys out there that they could have you know used. Um, I think should the streak have ended sooner? I think that's no. the question. Should the streak? Okay, so you would have continued the streak then. At that point, yeah. because then, okay, so how long does the streak go before, and who would you, who would you build up to, you know, take that streak from him? I mean, you obviously, Gold, I mean, if Goldberg's this big, you know, guy, you know, this, you know, this, you know, one hundred and seventy-three and zero, who was gonna, who was, gonna, you know, you do the, that with the he, person everybody he, thought it was. Go ahead. The person you that everybody thought was going to beat him the time they had their match against each other, DDP. I do agree with that one. The nineteen ninety nine, no ninety eight, no, 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 no. It, it was ninety eight. It, it was ninety eight. Yeah. It was ninety eight because it was the same. Uh, it was on the same pay per view that that bullshit Warrior Hogan match happened. You mean every bullshit Warrior Hogan match? You but you get what I'm saying. It was on the same damn card. I but mean, I don't remember that match, so I don't remember <laughs> what card that is. We fucking talked about it like three weeks ago on the show. Uh, I mean, we could talk about it all day, every day, and I still don't. It's not on retain. Halloween Havoc uh, 98. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is like Halloween Havoc 98. Yeah, it was 98. Yeah. yeah. It was Halloween Havoc yeah. 98. Yep. Talent keyword. Yeah, can you, you hear said me? Hogan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Never mind. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, no. You think I want to remember a Hogan and a Warrior match? I'm just saying. 
So you would have let Goldberg continue the streak until the last next night? year. No, the, the last next year to the next. Okay, next year to the next Halloween Havoc. Build DDP okay. up for another year. Okay. okay Goldberg so still runs through fucking mid card guys that may that you know that people like everything like that. Maybe some of the crews wait so he can actually learn to fucking wrestle somewhat. Um, and then still fend off the NWO and then. Next, uh, I don't know. DDP wins a number one contender shot because he goes, he beats uh, Hall and Nash right before Halloween have it, and then him and Goldberg have their match again, and DDP wins this time around. My question to you then becomes this: because the last paragraph that you read is that Goldberg's character lost plenty of momentum after this loss, and the fans weren't fully behind him anymore. They so lost because he means- got fucking cattle prodded. Okay, but think about it. Think about it this perspectively. If you knew this guy was unstoppable and the odds were that he, as a heel, would you do what you need to do to win the match? I mean, even if it is by trickery, you know, like this is the only way we can beat this motherfucker is we got to hit him with a cattle prod. Yeah, you but wasn't I mean? like, Hall and Nash, but, but weren't Hall and Nash kind of at, at, at odds during this whole time? Well, that was. Well, this this particular moment led into the another very infamous moment in the uh, downfall of WCW, uh, which is the but, finger poking. Yeah, but my that, thing that, is, that, you're that. Think, my thing, you're thinking in a way that DDP's a, a, a heel beating. No, it's a baby baby match. No, no, I'm not, I'm not even talking about DDP in that equation. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you were going to build up DDP, yeah, I mean build DDP up and everything. And then he would be the one to take it from Goldberg. Like I'm totally fine with that scenario. All I'm saying is for this particular match between Goldberg and Kevin Nash, you had to do something to beat the unstoppable champion. Right? So what better way to beat the unstoppable champion than to use a fucking cattle prod? I mean, granted, I mean, you could have done something. Could it, could you have done a distraction? Could you like, I understand what you're saying in terms of like, Oh, well, what if you know his streak stayed alive? My thing is, is that if you're going to beat a person who's 173 and 0, you may have to do it by dirty measures. I mean, that's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. I mean, psychologically, they're like, oh yeah, Goldberg ain't losing to Kevin Nash. Goldberg's got this in a bag. That's no bill. Holy shit! Here comes Scott Hall with the cattle prod. Oh no wonder they fucking. No wonder he fucking lost the match. They cheated to win them dirty damn heels. Like I mean. That, that that's all I'm saying. I'm I'm not saying whether it should have continued or not should have continued. That ain't the point I'm trying to make. I'm just saying if you're going to beat a dominant wrestler like a Bill Goldberg, you got to do some fuck shit to do it. That's all I'm saying. No, I get that, but I think a lot of fans kind of knew that um, Nash was was booking at this point, and and that's what happened. Like that's why they turned on the whole ideas because oh the booker made himself champion oh that's great kind of thing all right well that being said let's move on to the very next one oh my god <laughs> i can see why roger probably didn't want this one what's the next one hulk hogan oh. puts jeff jarrett over this is definitely this is this was this this a hell no it wasn't gonna happen anyway let me get into the blurb 
Hulk Hogan signed a heavy bonus-laden contract with WCW in 1998 that gave him full creative control of his character. Vince Russo, who had left WWE to join WCW's writing team, wanted Hogan to lose the World Heavyweight Championship to Jeff Jarrett at um, 2000 Bash at the Beach pay-per-view. However, Hogan used his creative control card and refused to lose to Jarrett. Russo instructed Jarrett to lay down in the ring and let Hogan pin him for the title. An angry Hogan grabbed the mic and berated Russo, who later came out and fired the Hulkster. This marked Hogan's final appearance in WCW. This incident marked the time and place where WCW was no longer sustainable. If Hogan had put Jarrett over and stuck around longer, maybe WCW would have met its demise a little bit later. This whole event was just horrible, bad. Just You think so? Yeah, oh, 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 absolutely. So you don't think absolutely. that match between Jeff Jarrett and Booker T was great? Other than Jeff Jarrett and Booker T and maybe Booker T and Canyon. But it was better than Canyon. Nobody. Um anyway, how do y'all feel about I think I know, but how do y'all feel about this particular what if? Okay, so so the question is if if Hogan had actually went through with the match like he was supposed to and put Jarrett over would WCW have lasted longer than one more year? Nah. Um, I think that the writing had been on the wall for a while. Um, the I mean, when you bring Vince Russo in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they fired Bischoff, who was, was the only guy to, like, win the ratings war with WWE at the time uh, quite literally almost put Vince McMahon out of business because WWE was losing money hand over fist at that point and you bring in yeah. Vince Russo who is lying about everything <laughs> one of the biggest idiots in professional wrestling bar none uh, to try to do exactly what was done in WWE, where he takes all the credit for when in reality he just pitched ideas and Vince McMahon was like, eh, let's try it. Um, he had no filter when he went to WCW, so all of his ideas were just going through. Um, I, I think if WCW had lasted any longer, it wouldn't have been much. But I, I don't even think that Hogan putting Jared over at that point would have helped in any way. Yeah, Raj? I agree with that sentiment. Um, the only good thing to come out of this was we got a good match with Jared and um, Booker. But... I mean, in reality, I mean, it's still shit. I mean, you, all the pieces that made made them thrive at that point weren't really there anymore. Uh, the NWO was so fucking s 
stupidly overdone and played out. Like eighty percent of the roster is NWO. I mean, they literally, it didn't make sense. Like that was their biggest issue is that everybody was part of the NWO and there was nobody that could beat them. Um, right. And then that's right. when they started floundering because they weren't able to build their own stars up because uh, everybody got buried by the former WWE guys. And I mean, that, that's what we always say is the issue is like if you don't build for your future then what do you have later on? The thing about also in WCW um, at the time, because this is the year 2000 and the year 2000 was a horrible, horrible year for WCW. Kind of like what we said, like the writing was kind of already on the wall. Um, But do you guys know that the WCW world heavyweight championship changed hands or was vacated 25 times in the year 2000 alone? Yeah, makes sense. 25 times. Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit had it. Then it was, then he vacated it when he jumped to WWF. Sid Vicious had it and then vacated it on Thunder. Kevin Nash had it and then dropped it right back to Sid Vicious, who held it for 76 days, which was the longest reign at that point. And then it was vacated in April. Then Jeff Jarrett had it for eight days, dropped it to DDP. He held it for one day. Then he dropped it to David Arquette. That's a different can of worms jeff jarrett then picked it back up uh then rick flair picked it up then he vacated it and gave it back to jeff jarrett kevin nash picked it up rick flair picked it up jeff jarrett picked it back up and then booker t happened in, uh, at bash at the beach and that's just until Ju- you had all these title changes and it, it was july when booker t won it like like what the fuck you know, and then it went Booker T. Then he went and dropped it back to Kevin Nash. Booker T picked it back up. Then fucking Vince Russo had it, vacated it. It went back to Booker T. Then it went to Scott Steiner, and then Booker T won it on the very last Nitro on, in March of uh, two thousand and one. That, that Scott Steiner title oh, run that was the Sid Vicious leg break incident, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It Ooh. it happened. The leg break incident happened during the title run. Um, because yeah. Scott Steiner won it in November of 2000 at the Mayhem pay per view in a straight jacket steel cage match. Sure, that sounds fun. That doesn't yeah. like a yep. whole bunch of AIDS, yeah, <laughs> right? But yeah, so that's what happened. All right, um, well, let's move on so, to the next one because, yeah, oh, oh, Hogan happened. Yes. It's your turn, isn't it? It is my turn. I, I, I was giving you a chance to, to finish your statement. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so, so moving on to the next one. So, so what if WCW had developed more homegrown talent? Wow. That's what he just talked about. about. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the Monday Night Wars took off after WCW began recruiting WWE major veteran talent, namely Hogan, Nash, Hall, Luger, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, and Ultimate Warrior. Vince happily gave these guys away while building up the next generation of WWE legends, including Steve Austin, The Rock, Kane, Triple H, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. WCW probably should have followed this recipe because their continued over-reliance on the aging veterans led to a stale product that just got worse and worse over time. 
WCW did build up the legends of Sting and Goldberg, but they otherwise crafted their product around former WWE stars. Imagine if Eric Bischoff and company invested more money and time in the WCW power plant. Um, I, I can't say that Sting and Goldberg were the only ones that they built during that time. I mean, you got to think DDP. Yeah, DDP was the first one I thought of. Uh, like, well, just think about how, like, DDP is such an, an enigma in wrestling that he was so easily, like, I'm not going to say naturally gifted at it because wrestling you have to work hard no matter how good you have an athlete or anything or your understanding or you still have to work at it. But he picked it up at such an older age. Mm-hmm. And the crowd loved him naturally. But let's just fuck that all up. Yep. Uh, there was Booker, a lot Booker of young T. talent that they could have used, man. Yeah, Booker yeah, T. Booker, Booker T was one that they built up. Uh, I, I mean, hell. The he, Radicals before they left. Yeah. The Cruiserweight division the, built the, themselves. Chris, yeah, Chris Benoit. And I know you don't like Rey Mysterio, Roger, but I mean, let's be honest. He was one of the most popular wrestlers there. You it's know, that I, I don't like to... him. It's, I, it's not that I don't like him. I hate that he's considered the greatest cruiserweight or greatest Mexican wrestler in, in our fucking history. I mean, you know I'm a diehard Rey Mysterio fan, but even I don't believe he's the greatest Latino wrestler of all time. You know, you yeah. know, you know my heart. You know my heart said Eddie. My heart says Eddie when that happened. Hell, I, hell, I think Eddie's the goat, but that's just me. Um, I mean, I agree with you on that one. Right. But think yeah. about all the talent that was there in the year. Going back to what we talked about just a minute ago in the, in the year 2000, and I, I'm probably going to say this, and people are probably going to be like, really? You thought, think about this, though. You had, you know, you know, good guys who were there that you could have done something with. Listen, do I think, let, let's just say for the sake of argument, WCW didn't go out of business and all the old guard went away. Who could you build up? Who could you have? You could have had you could have had DDP as your champion, right? You could have built you could have built up like a lot of those cruiserweights, like what we were talking about. If Chris Benoit would have stayed, if Eddie Guerrero would have stayed, if Dean Malenko would have stayed, if Perry Saturn would have stayed, but there's also sh- fucking uh, Shane Helms could have stepped up, and you could have done hell. They were doing a little bit of something with him toward the end when he was doing the vertebraker gimmick back when he started doing the vertebraker um, or the, the cop killer for the kids that don't know what that move is um because they're gonna know that one more than the vertebraker say what now because they're gonna know that over the vertebraker yeah the cop kept, well i mean you gotta understand a, a lot of people when when homicide started doing uh the cop killer a lot of people said oh that's pretty crazy it's like shane helms was doing this in wcw back in 2000 but y'all didn't y'all too young to remember wcw um oh, no, that who the fuck was watching wcw in 2000 but you're making my point I, for me. That's exactly what I'm talking I, about. You know, they could have built up Shane Helms. Hell, they. Well, stop, yeah, stop we lying were. yourself. Stop lying. <laughs> yourself. Stop Hell, lying. they could. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Rogers shit on Evan Courageous because they didn't know who he was. But hell, he they could have done something with him. Shane Where the Douglas fuck is Evan Courageous. <laughs> Here we go again. Listen, I'm not. Ta- I'm no, There's I'm no. Not we have this. not talked about him. We're not. We have not talked about him. There's no way we've <laughs> talked about this guy. Who the who the fuck is, I'm doing this? Just look him up, dude. You you have Google Evan for a reason. Just look him up. It's with Evan a K, Kirk. not a C. It's with a K. Doesn't even work. <laughs> Courageous K A R A G I A S. What kind of bullshit name is that? 
I was the motherfucker from that band gimmick. <laughs> That's him. The dude, what? Oh, what was his? What was the name of them? Three count. Three count. Yeah, that we shit. Talked about this. No, we no. no <laughs> Several we, times no. we talked about this. Uh, it's Tank that. Abbott's favorite thing about WCW. Hold on. There's so, no so did you know Evan Courageous <laughs> is a former AWA heavyweight champion? Three times. Three <laughs> fucking times. <laughs> he defeated. I was trying to see. I'll start looking through his history here. What does say? Yeah, he held it three times between 2002-2003, and then at the fifth anniversary show, he lost it to Frank Kazarian, who beat him so, and Jerry Lynn. Yeah, so he beat Eric Priest, whoever the fuck that is. He beat Danny Dominion, and he beat Vacant. Which means one from he beat somebody and just won it that way. Yeah, probably. He was in the evasion. There's no, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. I don't I remember this dude except for the fact I, that he was in three count. I don't remember him being in, involved with the invasion unless he was like there for the first couple of weeks. Well, but, he, uh, but, uh, he had to get out of it because he had a concussion. On. Well, there you go. But also look at some of the other, I guess, guys that they were trying to build up in. Uh, even in the year 2001, you still say what you want about these guys, man. Sean O'Hara, uh, Chuck Palumbo. You know, granted, they gave him, you know, the Billy and Chuck gimmick in WWE when he went there. Um, you know, hell, he still got fucking over bigger than shit in a in, in one way or another. Uh, fucking you say what you want about Mark Jindrak, but I mean, he could have been a hot prospect at one point. Uh, there, there was another Don't person. Don't lie yourself. There was, an, there was another. There was, I'm not saying he would have been. I'm just saying he could have been. There's the difference. I'm just saying he could have been. But he had Something no skill. J- no, he he literally had no skill. He was terrible. Uh, but I'm just saying the potential was there. I'm not trying to. Re- I'm not. I'm not potential you know. for what? I mean, with, he was younger. He could have been impressionable. He could have been. He could have. He could have been in the locker room with certain guys that could have helped him improve. Is what I'm saying. At that point, you know, but. Then again, he went to WWE after that, and it really didn't help him much either. So I guess who Evan Courageous? Point is, no, I was, thought we was talking about Jindrak. Oh, Jindrak and O'Hare, the Natural Born Thrillers. I thought they were decent. I thought we were still talking about oh boogered ass Evan <laughs> Courageous. <laughs> no, I moved on to other. T- I moved on to the Natural Born Thrillers at this point. You thought you thought Mark Jindrak was good? I didn't. Th- I'm not. No, you I'm saying he had potential is what I'm saying, no, no. Bubba. No, Jindrak and O'Hare as the natural born thrillers were a good tag team. Yeah, because John O'Hare could fucking work. I, I said they were a good tag team. <laughs> I didn't say that Jindrak was good. <laughs> I said they were a good tag team. Again, oh, I Lord. still thought we were talking about boogered ass Evan Courageous. <laughs> this is all circling back to the original point. Had WCW actually given a shit about building their talent, their mid-card talent to possibly take over the the, the main card, 
you know, because, I mean, let's be, even, see, even back in 2001, who did you have in your main events? Scott Steiner, Sid Vicious, Jeff Jarrett, Road Warrior Animal. I mean, doesn't exactly scream, you know, next generation of superstars, you know? And that's not a shot at any of those guys. It's just, you know, I, I say it before, you know, wrestling's a young man's game. You know, you got to have them guys that are young and you got to build them up, you know, especially if they're good talents. You know what I mean? But WCW didn't have the wherewithal to even figure out how to do that. And not to mention the fact that Vince Russo was still running the show. So if you were a young talent in WCW, you got stuck with a stupid gimmick or you're, you get your legs cut out from underneath you by other top guys. So, you know, you were basically stuck between a rock and a hard place. And no matter how much you try to get over, even if you did get over, they would still figure out a way to not put you over, like put you, you know, close to a to main event status. You know, it just, unfortunately, that's the way the business was at that point, you know, and everyone's still trying to compete with WWE at this point, even though it was clear in the, by the year 2001, that WWE clearly was way ahead, especially in the ratings and the fucking show overall was just better at that point in 2001. Well, yeah, the, the idea that building homegrown talent is it's, it's a proven thing. Uh, WWE, I mean, homegrown talent they built, and then the the guys that they built they sent to WCW, right, and started building new guys. We go back to the early TNA run when it was good. They they built homegrown guys, right? Uh, right. <clears throat> Ring of Honor built homegrown guys uh some of the the highest rated um segments on a aew are with the homegrown guys uh and and i say homegrown for like darby allen mjf even though mjf kind of cultivated uh, a lot of his character in mlw uh jungle boy you know uh those guys hook those are some of the highest rated segments mlw has a history of of building homegrown talent and then they just up and leave because they can't pay the money that these people are work looking for um any if not all of the great japanese wrestlers were all homegrown in new japan and then left to make a name elsewhere uh, yeah. I, I don't know why WCW couldn't look, just look around them at that point and say, well, shit, WC, WWE is building up talent. New Japan's over here building up talent. Why are we still using these 80 year old decrepits? Right. Exactly. So, Raj, any final word? I mean, look, we already touched on it already. How, I mean, that. Yeah, it's just the it's all the old guys just being douchebags, which a lot of indie promotions still do nowadays, and they don't seem to understand why they don't fucking grow more than they do need to. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Go, bro. We just talked. Go ahead, Raj. Uh, oh, let me scroll down. 
Yeah, you got number six. Oh, hey. Number six on the list is... Uh, oh, I had a burp. Uh, the Cruiserweights don't leave for WWE. It wasn't all the Cruiserweights, but that it was the best ones. Mm-hmm. But WWE didn't... WWE, WCW didn't seem to notice it, but they had plenty of world-class wrestlers and up-and-comers in the Cruiserweight division. This included Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio, and Eddie Guerrero. All these guys are... I mean, uh, well, Jericho's not getting in the Hall of Fame now. Chris Benoit can't be in the Hall of Fame. Damon Lincoln won't get his flowers anymore. And Raymond Steele, the Hall of Famer. So, but um, sadly, WCW didn't do much. I think Jericho will make Hall of Fame. I think, nah, he, I think nah. he will make Hall of Fame. Nah, convince is, is a prick like that. Yeah, I think I, I think he'll still make Hall of Fame. Yeah, it'll be after his AEW. Yeah, anyway, go ahead, go go. Career, but mm. Mm. Uh, sadly, WCW didn't do much with either of these guys, with either of these, with any of these guys on television. Again, they simply spent all their energy on the aging veteran stars. All of the cruiserweights mentioned above left WCW on for WWE, with the mass majority become main event as future world champion. The only one who didn't become a world champion was Zimalinko. Well, Perry Saturn never became a world champion. Peg Saturn also wasn't a cruiserweight. He wasn't included in this group. Was Perry Saturn not a cruiserweight? Mm -mm, No, Perry Saturn wasn't a cruiserweight. The only cruiserweight that was in Raven's flock, mm -mm, the only cruiserweight that was in Raven's flock was Billy Kidman. I think, I think, I don't think they mentioned him as a cruiserweight, but I think Saturn was a cruiserweight. Uh, well, uh, they build his weight at 241. Jesus, there's no way he was 241 pounds. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-mm. He, he may, have been, may have been on the gear, but he ain't no 241. I don't know. They also build him at what, 5'10? I think. Yeah, yeah I don't know he was 5'10. And yeah. don't fuck away. Yeah, I was say, don't fuck away. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was he, fly, well, five eight, well, two hundred and eight pounds, maybe. Well, he was a International Wrestling Federation light heavyweight champion, so maybe he was a cruiserweight at one point. <laughs> his, his whole career. Hey, he was also IWF tag team champions with Tara Rising. <laughs> Better than Evan Courageous, I guess. I guess so. Uh. Yeah, but he was all. Yeah, also, I think we know from ECW, three-time ECW champion with uh, John Cronus, God rest his soul. Um, Wait, but uh, John Cronus? Yeah. Who the fuck is John yeah, Cronus? His tag team he, partner he, in ECW, the Eliminators. I don't watch ECW like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, he the died only, in two thousand. He died in two thousand. The only team that mattered was the Dudleys. Alright, uh, go ahead go ahead and finish reading the blurb, Bubba. That is the blurb. The whole blurb? Yes. Okay, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and finish reading the blurb then. <laughs> I didn't even hear the rest of the part. I'm so sorry. Alright. But yeah, I mean what the what who all Alright, because obviously you had Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio. Um I'm going through looking at the you had Ultimo Dragon, who was also one of the you know, greatest wrestlers that never got his recognition on this side of the world. 
right? Um, let's see, Jericho was a cruiserweight champion. Alex Wright? No, fuck that shit. Alex um, Riley? Das, no, Das won the kid. Um, uh, who, who I mean, we, can, we, can, we can say random names and I would want to know who WCW is <laughs> at that point. Juventud, you, you never watched Juventud Guerrero? Of course I watched Juventud Guerrero. I, okay, that. I was talking about the dude you said before that. DJ Boogie or whatever his name was. DJ Boogie. <laughs> All right, anyway, then you also had Billy Kidman, Psychosis, um, Lenny Lane was a cruiserweight, shit? okay. Um, who what the fuck? Disco Inferno was a heavyweight, was a, was a cruiserweight champion. Get the fuck out of here, yeah, because he was blowing Kevin Nash at that point. Oh, yeah, that's right, he was. The artist formerly known as Prince Iacate. Okay. Um, Chris Candido was a cruiserweight champion. Uh, Crowbar was a cruiserweight champion. No, you're lying. You're making it up. No. Crowbar was a cruiserweight champion. He won it one time and he held it for respect on that dude's name. Who the fuck is Crowbar? He was dating Daphne uh, at the time. Uh, he was in a stable. It was him, uh, David Flair, and Daphne. Oof, David yeah. Flair. Oof. And then Chop, yeah. And then Chavo won it as Lieutenant Loco. Uh, Lance Storm won it, and then Elix Skipper, who's another underrated talent in the business. Dance, um, Lance, dance. Huh? What? Oh, th- I know what you're talking about. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Never mind. Uh, okay, and that in the WCW title transition into the WWE champion, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship after uh, at two thousand in two thousand and one, Shane Helms was the last recognized WCW Cruiserweight Champion before the buyout. Um, Mike saying, "Who the fuck is Mike Sanders?" Man, this okay. This uh, improv panel is deliciously amazing. Please stop. Please stop. I honestly cannot wait to see this shit. I I regret recording it. Oh, I I love cringe. Oh, I I love it. And I feel every moment going to be its own. Oh yeah, that that's going to be its own thing. I'm going to upload it in the drive here for everybody. No, no, please, sir, 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 sir. Sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. We're moving on. We're moving to the next one. Oh, also, also shout out to you, Wow Fudge for being for being the truth. Yes, Wow Fudge. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, 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 choc- uh, chocolate moonshine.com. That's his uh mm-hmm. is the website. Um do that fireball whiskey foot, bro. No, nah, the, the one chip and I had Saturday. Which one did you, which one did you have Saturday, bro? Dark chocolate cayenne. Oh, I didn't even know. And, and, web, and the website, the website is wildfudge.com. Oh, okay. I thought it was I thought it was chocolatemoonshine.com. Anyway. That's the that, no, that's the company, but wildfudge.com is the website. Gotcha. Well, okay. well it, there, there'll be a video. Don't even matter. Well, we're... Yeah, <laughs> check out check out the video when it drops. Yes. And you had Hit cookies that bell. And, cream and the cookie monster, right? Right, Roger? And yeah, and then I had uh on Saturday I had Superman ice cream, which was really good. It did taste like ice cream. Um, then we tried that um, dark chocolate cayenne, which was perfection. Um, nice. that there was dark a dark one. Roast, we tried, didn't we? That, 
I, I tried. I did the key lime pie, the dark roast, and you know, the fireball whiskey. You did dark, dark, the dark espresso. espresso. Yeah, dark espresso. Yeah. Dude, dude, it tastes just like fucking a fresh fucking cup of coffee straight out the pot, dude. It was fucking awesome. We interviewed the coffee lady three times over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Right. right. Let me let me get, save these for later. Yeah. All right. Well, let me go on to the next one on the list. The next one on the list is Sting turns heel instead of Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan changed the wrestling world forever when he ditched Hulkamania and turned heel at the 1996 Bash at the Beach pay per view, aligning himself with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall to form the infamous and notorious New World Order. But in a 2013 interview, Hall revealed that Sting would have been the third man if Hogan were a no-show for Bash at the Beach. Of course, Sting was the main babyface of WCW up to this point, and he was the top main event star to clash with the NWO during the Monday Night War. Imagine, if you will, if Sting joined the NWO instead while Hogan stayed as a babyface. Would the stable have endured even more historic success? Less? We'll never really know, but Hogan and Bischoff will never complain about how things turned out. That is the biggest, that is one of the biggest what ifs. I'm surprised it's at number five on this list, but I think that is one of the biggest what ifs. What if it had been staying instead of Hogan? What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it would have fell flat. Yeah, I don't think it would have worked. The the power, unfortunately, the power Hogan had to do that as opposed to Sting was greater. Because, um, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, Hulkamania eat your vitamins and uh, screw everybody underneath you in the car. Uh, just had more power than everybody. And, I mean, without, if Sting would have joined the NWO, we would have never gotten Crow Sting. Right. We would have got main main event mafia Sting instead. Yep. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if Sting had joined instead of Hogan, Hogan would have done what he did to every other faction that he went up against. It'd have been him, Savage, and Luger versus uh, Hall, Nash, and Sting. It would have been a couple of months storyline, and then they would have won it like fucking Halloween Havoc or Starcade or some shit. Like, like in hindsight, looking at it now. That's 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 the mindset at the time, though. Like, I, I don't I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a good I, almost as if like because I think Hogan had the realization. Holy shit. The fans are seeing through my bullshit. I got to if they're going to start booing me, I might as well give them a reason to boo me. So fuck it. I'll just be the bad guy, which, you know, Hollywood Hogan, that whole persona, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, it fit that NWO uh, group way better than Sting would have made it, in my opinion, I think. I just don't think Sting would have been as committed to being the heel that Hogan was. Um, Hogan also had the personality to get away with it, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, because he is a douchebag, and um, so right, yeah. But 
that being said, though, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Go ahead, Chip. Uh, so what if Vince McMahon was sent to prison? Um, so the WWE chairman had to give control of the company to Linda McMahon during his steroid trial in 1994. Vince was being charged with disturbing or distributing steroids to his superstars and a guilty verdict could have very well destroyed his wrestling empire. However, Hogan, the infamous Hulk Hogan saved Vince McMahon when he testified that the chairman didn't tell him to take the steroids. Vince was acquitted and took back control of WWE. If Vince had gone to prison, maybe there would not have been any competition for WCW. They could have easily stepped up as the number one wrestling promotion in the world, and perhaps he'd be watching the WCW product today. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think even if he would have went to prison, well, here's the thing. I think even if he would have went to prison, he would have still been able to run the company from the inside. Uh, we know shit gets done on the inside all the time. Has for ever. I mean, that's just that. The only thing that wouldn't have happened is it, he wouldn't have lost his company because he had already signed it over to to Linda at that point. So he wasn't even the owner. Um, so D WWE would have still continued in the trajectory that it went. Anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, you got to understand, had he gone to prison... He would have went, he would have been sentenced. They said the steroid trials in 94, so he would have been sentenced around late 94, early 95, something like that. And 1995 was not a good year, not just in WWE, but in the entire world pro wrestling. 1995 was probably in most recent years a very, very down year for wrestling as a whole in 1995. Um, but here's the thing if he had gone to prison, we wouldn't have, I don't think we've, I know we wouldn't have gotten the, the Vince McMahon or the Mr. McMahon heel persona, which means the Montreal screw job doesn't happen. His rivalry with Steve Austin doesn't happen. A lot of maybe storylines would have gotten completely changed and who knows what the trajectory of pro wrestling would have been at that point. What? Uh, what was what what would the sentence of the steroid scandal have been he wouldn't have been in uh, there a, a couple of years i mean distribution uh, of anabolic distribution. steroids yeah, yeah. substance was it a, a type 2 drug i think it's schedule 2 maybe i think anabolic steroids are schedule 2 um which Schedule 1 is a longer sentence, but Schedule 2 is still a pretty long sentence as well. Um, I would say at least 10 years. At least no. 10 years. I don't think so. I'm looking uh, it yeah, up right now. I'm yeah, look it up, up real now. quick. Distribution of a Schedule 2 drug was the... Don't, don't yeah, look up the minimum. Ten, don't ten, look up the 10 maximum. years, 10 years, 15 grand. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Is that, uh, that's the minimum? has an average person is an average okay the minimum can be it depends on where it is um it could be one year depending on where it is and what the how much and everything like that but it looks like the average is 10 years mm. 
So if we're going by laws of averages, 10 years, if it was not, let's just say he was sentenced in 95 uh, after the trial. Um, I'm trying to see where the, because in Louisiana, it, it has the smallest sentences for distribution of drugs from this. Yeah thing and it said well, it well, was where, where was he tr- where was he tried it? it was was it was it new york i can't remember where this trial was <sighs> now nah, you're gonna have to look shit up too uh look up Vince i feel like it was, i feel like it was new york uh, okay hang on let me why is this fucking Oh, this is Baton Rouge. I was like, why is this just in fucking Louisiana terms? All right, here it is. I found it. U.S. versus McMahon was held. It was actually in, it it was actually in 93. When it started, Um, yeah. Yeah. That's when he was was criminally. took place, yeah. No, well, it says in 93, McMahon was criminally charged. With conspiracy to distribute steroids to wrestlers, he admitted that he used uh, steroids himself before they became illegal. Um, why stupid ass ads? Just go, go away, motherfucker. <laughs> Do we know what? Um. Is it a class one or class two? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Let's see. I'm looking it up now. Uh, try to look at look at right now what kind of class it would be. Uh, legality of steroids is probably be the best way to look it up. Uh. So, so the doctor, the doctor that was prescribing all the steroids only got three years. Yeah, but that's for the falsification of uh, prescriptions, most likely. Because they would have counted, McMahon would have been counted as the actual uh, distributor, technically. Because he's the one that could buy it and everything. Yeah. It says minimum for trafficking is 10 years with a maximum of life. So he would have got at least uh, for the amount that he was doing, it would have been 10 years, um, which is at least a kilo or more. And I don't know how much, I don't know the fucking drug conversion rate. Uh, I'm looking it up. Uh, Don't ask me. I don't know shit. So uh, the closest pill would have been fentanyl, which was 400 grams is the highest level you can do it. Um, Fentanyl at his so forty between forty grams and four hundred so forty is okay. the minimum. So if, so it's not it it's not actually classified as a uh, a narcotic. Uh, so the it's just it's a controlled substance, not a narcotic. Um, so he would have gotten. Me. Probably five year. Uh, according according to this, as far as the trial goes, it said eleven wrestlers, including Hulk Hogan, were called to testify by the prosecution. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a schedule three. 
Schedule three, okay. So schedule three, Mark narcotic. Okay, so that's that's a medium. Yeah, that's a so anywhere between five to ten years minimum, depending on what if they were able to actually gotten him. So he would have been out ninety eight, ninety nine. Maybe less. Yeah, with, it, uh, it, I think I think five years is yeah. Right here, it looks like five years is the minimum, with up to yeah. forty years, depending on the amount of distribution. Right. Um, yeah, and if they would have been able to pin pin any of the uh, dust by steroids on him, he could have gotten a minimum of forty years. Well, yeah, but, but but like this said here, it says 11 wrestlers, including Hogan, were called to testify by the prosecution. No other wrestlers were called to the stand. No other wrestlers called to the stand attested that McMahon had supplied them with steroids apart from Nails. Remember Nails? No. Uh, yeah, he, he did a he did a uh, he did a prisoner gimmick. Was he uh, a nasty boy? Was he what? Was he a nasty boy? Guess it sounds like a nasty boy. Oh, okay. Nails claimed that McMahon had pressured him into taking steroids to make him bigger. However, McMahon's defense attorney argued that Nails was a hostile witness as he had been fired from the WWF previously and was disgruntled and looking for revenge. Nails uh, contradicted himself during his testimony by stating that he had no animosity towards McMahon, but later answered in an affirmative, later answered in the affirmation that he hated Vince McMahon and wished he would die. That don't help your case, Nails. I'm sorry, it don't. He's being a drug addict, but... Yeah. But... Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Well, that being said, that we went on that loud tangent. Yeah, let's let's move on to the very next one, Raj. It's you. Go ahead. Oh fuck, it's me. Uh, yeah, fuck it's you. I think it was four, so three. Um, Undertaker comes aboard. So Undertaker briefly worked in WCW from '89 to '90, but his career really took off when he joined the WWE soon after. At at that time, was he part Maybe of the skyscrapers? Yes. Yeah. He was part of the sky. Yeah, he was part of the skyscrapers. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Wait, was he in the skyscrapers? I thought the skyscrapers was Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious. Let's look this up. Undertaker and WCW. Before we continue this, because I've got to know. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm telling you, he was. I feel like he was, but because I feel like he was the original one, wasn't he? And then they put in Sid after him. The skyscrapers were big, big Sid Vicious, Dangerous Dan Spivey, Mean Mark Callis, and the Masked Skyscraper, aka Michael Enos, aka yeah, feel, Blake Beverly from the Beverly Brothers. But I feel like yeah, Mean Mark, Mark Callis and yeah, yeah, I feel like Mean Mark Callis and Spivey were the first were the original ones, and then they added Sid after Taker left. No, yeah. the, it says right here, it says the, the first incarnation was Dan Spivey versus Sid Vicious. Uh, Vicious, uh, was take, uh, Vicious was taken out of action due to an injury. Dan Spivey then teamed up with me, Mark Callis. The third iteration was uh, the third iteration was when 
Dan Spivey suddenly left WCW because of a uh, altercation with then Booker or then uh, uh, Jim. It was Jim Hurd and his bullshit. Um, and then it was me, Mark Callis, and the masked skyscraper, aka Mike Enos. Um, and then hey, in 1999, put some respect on Dan his Spivey, name. That was that was mean, Mike Enos. You don't remember that. No, I do not. Yeah, I just remember him being a. I think yeah, he was Blake Beverly in the Beverly Brothers in WCW in WWF. He was him and Wayne Bloom. Um, Wayne Bloom. Yeah, both of them are still alive and kicking. Um, and then the and then the final uh, incarnation was the original at Starcade ninety at Starcade ninety when Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious beat. Um, Mr. Hughes and uh, Man Mountain Mike Moore. What are these garbage as names? It was WCW in the 90s. What did you man. say that dude's name was? <laughs> man Mountain Mike Moore. Man Meat Mountain. Was he Man Mountain Rock was... in WWF? Yes. Oh. No, it's not. The, I don't think that's the same guy. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Be... Yes, we're really looking this up. No, Man Mountain Rock was Max Payne. That's right, he was. AKA Daryl Peterson, an American Peterson. musician, actor, and retired professional wrestler. Peterson. Yep. His biggest claim to fame was. Uh, playing an electric guitar solo with pyro going off in the background. His motto was, if it's too loud, you're too old. If it's too loud, then you must be proud. <laughs> I guess so. This guy. Um, but apparently there was a lawsuit with this guy. Oh, in no. July of 2003, Peterson filed a $10 million lawsuit in the United States District Court of Utah against Rockstar Games' 3D Realm gathering of developers in Remedy Entertainment, accusing them of stealing his ring name of Max Payne in his neo-noir theme for the protagonist of the video game Max Payne. The case was settled out of court. Get That's why Max Payne comes here. Yeah, I'm telling. I'm, I'm reading it here. I'm telling you the truth. Um, so, 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 so to come full circle, if yes. WCW or if the Undertaker would have joined WCW in 2000, would he have saved them? No. Hold on, did I finish no. reading that? I didn't read that. That's fine. Well, go but ahead. No. no, no. I mean, no, fuck. Who cares? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, they wouldn't have been. No, they wouldn't have no, known no. how to use him. So no. What do, what do you mean, mean Mark Callis? I mean, they couldn't use Undertaker because that was property of WWF. No, technically so, it wasn't because it didn't exist until after he got there. Because it was oh, given to yeah. him as his first gimmick. Well, actually, his first gimmick was Kane the Undertaker. We don't yeah. talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about King the Undertaker. All right. I can't really make that into a burn song. But I don't I don't know, man. I think 
I think he probably would have done like the a version if I had to again hindsight being 2020 and this is all fucking theoretical anyway. I got a feeling if he'd have gone to WCW, they would have probably he would have probably done the fucking biker taker gimmick before the biker taker gimmick, I think. You know, so the greatest thing ever in wrestling. I mean, if you feel that way, um, would they have just called him? Well, he he went back to it, didn't he? Raw 30, yeah, that was biker taker, yeah, he went, yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of went back to it, uh. With uh, with the Boneyard match with AJ, yeah, but he's been back uh, since then. Yeah, yeah. So so if he would have went to WCW, what would they have called him? The Mortician instead of the Undertaker? The funeral director. Oh, that doesn't get a pop. Okay, I get it. That don't get a pop. I'm just. <laughs> He would have had to bring Paul Bear with him, though. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Um, I don't know, man. I, but it, because it says right here, it says Nash claimed that he tried to get guys paid, but Vince was able to keep Undertaker and Sean after giving them lucrative money, which I don't think Undertaker Sean I. I don't. Would Sean have gone? You think Sean would have gone instead of Taker? I don't think so. He had I, friends I over so there, either. but I don't think he would have left. No. Well, hell, at that point, Sean was getting paid. No, no. In the year two thousand, Sean was gone, wasn't he? Sean was gone in the year two thousand, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, he stuck he around a little bit and come that... back. Oh, oh excuse me. What, what was he? Two thousand two. Yeah, that's when he had the yeah the unsanctioned fight with uh, Triple H, and yeah. found out that his back really wasn't fucked up. Yeah, that leads into the wrestling conspiracy theory that back, my Sean's back wasn't really fucked up or whatever. I don't know. But I don't know either. Uh, Any final thoughts, Raj? Mm, No. Okay, cool. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Here's an interesting one. Steve Austin stays and receives a push. Before he became the face of the WWE, Austin worked in WCW from from, uh, 1991 to 1995. The strong personality and charisma were on display, but Eric Bischoff fired Austin in 1995, believing he didn't have what it took to be a main event star. WCW probably should have been more patient with Austin because he joined WWE in 1995 after a short stint in ECW, mind you, and became their top draw top money draw at the start of the Attitude Era. Austin's rivalry with Mr. McMahon became the the ultimate game changer that helped WWE gain significant momentum. Without Austin, WWE probably doesn't win the Monday Night War. WCW really let an all-time great slip through their fingertips. It'd be like if the Chicago Bulls traded Michael Jordan before he reached his full prime. Interesting analogy. 
Um, how you guys feel about this one? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so because he had to leave, um, and go to ECW to, like, quote unquote, find himself to figure out the the Steve Austin gimmick that that. The, the gimmick that would eventually become the Stone Cold gimmick. Because he wasn't doing that until, you know, ECW. So, I don't even think, like, sure, you, you keep him around, you give him a push, but it's not as meteoric as it became, in my opinion. Right. We'll say you, Raj. Um... Yeah, I have to agree with Chip on that one. Like, he didn't become, well, he didn't develop that persona until WCW, I mean, ECW. Um, and even then, like, they didn't have uh, really a path for him because they had him in Hollywood Blondes. And eventually, when he had lost his hair, what would they have done with him then? Right. Well, I mean, the Hollywood Blondes was a great tag team, and him and Pillman had great matches, but the the problem was they were getting over and they weren't put together to get over. They were put together to put other people over. Um, and that's why they split them. Um, and then he, which I mean, he had a good, I mean, he was also in the dangerous Alliance. He had, he was, he was a TV champion for a while. He was stunning Steve Austin at that time. Uh, well, this is, this is pre Hollywood blondes where I'm saying this. Um, but then, but you also got to remember, man, once he left, went to ECW, cut that scathing shoot promo, had a had a program with Mikey Whipwreck and, you know, did did the, did the whole thing. <clears throat> but people are forgetting that when he came to WWE, or WWF at the time, he didn't come in straight as Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was the ringmaster. You know what I mean? So, you know, he was with a million dollar man, you know, the million dollar championship deal, that whole nine it wasn't until like it wasn't until after DiBiase left to go join WCW to become trillionaire Ted that, you know, they, he kind of floundered for a little bit, but then he came up with the stone cold persona. And I'm pretty sure at that point they didn't know it was going to be what it became. You know what I mean? It just, which I, I, I definitely think Austin, and again, this is all linear. So just follow me along. Austin stays, who the fuck knows what happens to him? Because again, this was 1995. Hogan is coming into WCW again. It's the same thing we talked about with previous talent. He would have been shoved down in the mid card, never to be seen or heard from again. He doesn't, if he doesn't go to WWE, King of the Ring 96 doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? No Austin 316 promo, no, you know, scathing promos, no. No big to do, you know what I mean. He he would just he would have ended up again floundering in the WCW mid card hell at that point if he if he stayed, you know. But th- th- that's just me. I get that. That's uh, I mean that's basically what I was saying. You know he he hundred percent had to leave WCW to 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 quote unquote find himself. I agree, 100%. So, uh, any last thoughts on that one before we move on to the number one? No. 
Yeah, let's move <laughs> on to number one. I still haven't seen it. You, YouTube, you both have seen it. I haven't seen it. So let Who me scroll down and see what it is. All right. So I'm sorry. I didn't click on one. Oh, let me, let me scroll real quick. No, no, no. Oh, no. son of a Don't bitch. Don't even scroll. Uh, so, so the final one on the list for tonight is another Hulk Hogan bullshit moment. Uh, so for mm-hmm. all the for all the WCW mistakes, nothing was worse than the finger poke of doom. Uh, fans at the I'll Georgia do this Dome. In a moment, we'll get in general. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fans at the Georgia Dome could not wait <laughs> to see. Hogan and Nash square off for the World Heavyweight Championship. In what turned out to be a giant insult to fans' intelligence, Hogan simply poked Nash in the chest and pinned him to win the title. With that, the NWO faction was reunited once again. Worst yet, worst yet, WCW announcer Tony Schiavone told the TV audience that Mankind was about to defeat The Rock for the WWF World Championship on Monday Night Raw. This actually backfired on WCW because a reported 600,000 viewers switched the channel to see the monumental moment of Mankind becoming WWF champion. WWE would run away in the wars from here on out, and WCW began to fall apart entirely from here that one spoiler simply changed the direction of the monday night wars forever so i'm a little confused is is the biggest what if what if the finger poke of doom didn't happen or what if tony shivani didn't give away the mankind spoiler um Finger poke of doom. Probably both, stupid. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. A, I, I think it's. I think it's an amalgamation of both. Like, you know, because because okay, <clears throat> let, let okay let let's play the oh, hypothetical. Damn. What? That was so loud in my ears. My bad. Um, let's just say, just for the sake of argument, Tony Schiavone didn't say the the deal about mankind beating the rock. Let's just say that that doesn't happen and 600 and 600,000 people didn't switch channels. If them, if the people did see the finger poker doom, how many of them people would have said, man, this is bullshit. And just went back to WWF. I mean, they, it, it, what he said did change people make switch over because they wanted to see, you know, obviously they wanted to see Mick Foley win the championship. The problem was, is that I think they could have if they were if they wanted to reform the NWO, they could have do it in a way different way. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. I'm you know rebooking shit that took place over twenty something years ago. Um, but I mean. Have somebody have a have another baby face fucking because because this was right after the fucking um, cattle prod Goldberg deal right. This yeah. was right after that right yeah. So oh with net but this is the thing like with, with Nash booking finger poke he takes the everybody in that crowd and you can see 
the the look on the people's faces like what the fuck it was this bullshit that we sat through what what is this stupid shit that we just sat through and then this you know the formation of the NWO which wasn't the original three members of the NWO but Hogan and Nash were there but then it was Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner were the other uh two that were involved with the new NW I think that's when they made it black and silver right mm. or was that later was that the black and silver I, NWO later? I don't remember a black and silver NWO. You don't remember black and silver? It, it was like it was towards the end of the of the of the run. No, I remember black and red and black and white. I don't remember black and silver. Was well, I remember the Wolfpack? Yeah. Oh, let me let me click this. Let me click this over real quick. Yeah, there was the. Uh, it was it was NWO two thousand. I was definitely not watching oh. WCW at this point. NWO 2000 was yeah. that the the Japanese version? No, it was the WCW Japanese version was the first one technically. Yeah, the Japanese well, yeah. version was the first one. But I'm talking about the it was the Chono led, uh, like actual NWO. No, it was in it was in late December of 1999. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Jeff Jarrett, and Bret Hart reformed the NWO, this time with the colors being black and silver. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember that. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm just giving you information, man. No, no, no. You're good. I just don't <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean I remember it. <laughs> hey, I, I I just gotta give you context. Uh and then they brought it to w, brought the NWO to WWE and then that fizzled out quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I like what I said, man. It's it's it was a combination of the the finger poke of doom was a combination of uh well th- that night it was a combination of the finger poke of doom and also uh, Tony Schiavone saying that'll put a lot of butts in the seats, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then that yeah, yeah. Well, which come to find out years later, he didn't even want to do, but was forced to. Yeah. By the orders of my boss, Barrett Bischoff. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think had one happened without the other, maybe 600,000 people don't switch. But you see the finger poke of doom, and then Tony Schiavone spout off with uh, Mankind's about to win the WWF championship that'll put a lot of butts in the seats like it, it was I do believe it was the combination of both that made 600 excuse me 600,000 people switch channels right. simultaneously right. I don't think one happens I, I don't think that happens without both of those happening on the same night right I agree What's we'll say you, Raj? Uh, might have said, I'm like, I mean, just how stupid everything was, or <laughs> I mean, however you yeah. want to say it, Bubba. Anyway. I mean, I mean, this uh, WCW failed for multiple reasons, and they had so much stupid stuff happen. And the biggest what if. It's not any of these, but the biggest what if is what if Ted Turner didn't sell to AOL? Mm, that's a good one. 
That is a good one. Uh, yeah, because I think in the end, that's what really killed uh, w- the merger. Yeah, yeah. the merger the happened. Yeah, Warner. and they just had a sour taste in their mouth for the for the product because they see what WWF is doing. They're like, "Why can't you guys be like th- these guys?" You know what I mean? And you know. All right, but that being said, was there one particular what if that we didn't talk about tonight that you guys maybe think, oh, what if they did this or what if they did that? Any particular one? I mean, Roger literally. I mean, I just said it. it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What if they didn't sell to AOL Time Warrior? What about what about what about this? What if they never hired Vince Russo? I don't think he did as much damage as people say he did. Still, he did some. I mean, he. <laughs> it was I, I yeah. It was. His, uh, here, here's the thing with with Russo. I think his heart was in the right place. Uh, I, I definitely think he, his goal was to turn WCW around. Unfortunately, you had guys like Hogan who had these creative control clauses in their contract and no matter what Russo would have wanted to do, he wouldn't have been able to do because Hogan was always going to debunk it if it, he had anything to do with it. And, you know, Hogan wasn't the only person that had that clause. So. Right. Yeah, but didn't Hall and Nash also have the uh, that clause in their contract that if anybody came in and got paid more than them, their pay, their pay increased? Yep. Or did Hogan have that as well? Yeah. They had. They had. Yeah. Hogan, Hogan had merchandise exclusivity. Yeah, yeah. Which I still he don't fucking get how you can. Oh hell, he got he got the majority of a whole bunch whole bunch of people's merchandise. Got like sixty. Got sixty six percent. That's yeah. so fucking crazy. Like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you allow some why would you why would you create a contract and have somebody do that? Like I, I don't two million per pair well, because, uh, two million dollars per pay-per-view appearance. Damn um, uh at that point well you you gotta think at that point WCW at the point that that Hogan was hired. WCW was floundering and they needed star power. Hogan still had the star power. Um, and so he said, Hey, I'll come work for you. But if anybody gets hired in after me that you hire making more than I do, I have to make a dollar more than they do. Uh, so, I mean, you know, then, then you get your, your, you know, Randy Savage's, your Lex Luger's who come over, your Hall and Nash's. And of course, you know, they're not going to come over for pennies because they could just stay in, they could just stay in WWE and make what they were making. Um, so yeah, they're going to be making more of course. And then, you know, Hogan's contract goes up. Then you got contracts coming up of guys that you want to keep, like your Stings, your Goldbergs, etc. So you have to pay them. Then these guys, you know, 
contracts increase again. So it, it just becomes a domino effect. In the beginning, it looks like it's a sweet deal because, hey, who are we going to hire that's making more money than Hulk Hogan at this point? Nobody until right. it happens. Yeah. So Here's one more for you. Here's, here's one more uh, what if. What if Jim Hurd never ran WCW in the in the late eighties, early nineties? I mean, what most would they have been further along? I think most people liked Jim Hurd. It was Bill Watts that they didn't like because Bill Watts put that stupid ass like no over the top rope, no coming off the top rope rule. Am I right, or was that Hurd? Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was that her. was Watts. No, no, well, Watts. Watts had the over the top rope, no over the top rope, no going to the outside rule. Uh, Jim Hurd just did all the stupid gimmicks. It did all the fucking like outside uh, wrestling. Jim Hurd is responsible for RoboCop. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's responsible for the hatchback or the hunch humpbacks, the ding dongs. Uh, you know, Ole Anderson said he was a piece of shit. Like, but then again, Ole Anderson okay, says a but, lot of people are pieces of shit. Yeah, but, but but let's let's be honest. Doing those gimmicks, he was just copying a lot of what W WWF was doing at the time because WWF in the late eighties, early nineties was doing mostly cartoon ish characters so he was just kind of following right. that trend uh so yeah yeah the problem the problem with that though is that a lot of the fan base a lot of wcw because they were still nwa it was still nwa wcw at that point it was still it was that still it was that southern you know fan base that loved their wrestling and not the, they were more a fan of the sport than they were the entertainment. Does that make sense? It's like they wanted their wrestling to be a little bit more like two guys get in there and just fight it out. And they didn't really care too much for gimmicks at that point in WCW. Now later in WCW, say maybe 92, 93 after Hurt had already left and the times were, you know, changing at that point, then maybe they would have came around to it a little bit more, but you know, at that point in the eighty, in the late eighties, early nineties, I mean, I mean, well, obviously Flair was Flair was still there having fucking clinics with fucking Ricky Steamboat and Sting, and you know, putting Luger over. Uh, you know, there was the, the the tag team division was you know going hot. They had the Rock and Roll. They had uh, Midnight. They had Wild Samoans. Uh, was the Samoan SWAT team at the time. Um. They had uh yeah, who else did they have that? They have Road Warriors, Steiner Brothers, you know, so there was a lot of, you know it, it, the the time was just different, I think. Um But yeah, you're right, that stupid don't throw nobody over the top rope rules still to this day it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But yeah. Yeah, remember those so used that, to be the yeah, shit back then, though. Say what now? There used to be this shit back in the day, keeping everything in the ring and whatnot. Yeah. 
but but that being said, um, Chip, do you have a what if that you want to throw out there? No. 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 Okay. No, I think we pretty much covered. You know, I, I nothing off the. Let me just say nothing off the top of my head because we pretty much covered. You know, everything that I would talk about. Right. You know, I mean, maybe you could. You could. What if Sid Vicious hadn't have broke his leg and went to WCW? Oh. At that time, uh, you know, I, I. Right. There's there's a ton of, you know, like actual what ifs, but I, I think these ten really covered the basis of, like, what if these things hadn't happened? WCW might still be around. Uh, I, I still highly doubt. Yeah, I still highly doubt that it would be around. Um, because, like Roger and I said, ultimately, I think the downfall was the AOL Time Warner merger. Um, right. So, yeah. That being said, if there is any other major what ifs in the world profession in the world of WCW, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our uh, social media pages. Um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode tonight. We appreciate you guys. Anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Go ahead and say it, Raj. Uh, go to our YouTube and obviously subscribe. Uh, we got some great stuff going on there. Uh, it's a pretty good place to keep up with what everything that's going on with us and new things are on the horizon. And just be warned, if you don't, go ahead and tell them what I'll do, Talon. Raj going to shit in your bed. Yeah, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to smile. I'm going to look your kids in the eyes and do it, too. This motherfucker. All right. That being said, shout out to all of our sponsors who's been down with us. The OG themselves, GearAnime.com, Zoo Lily, Canva, Get Response, Elementor, uh, Just Cash Clothing, W.GG, Entertainment Earth, and uh, AudibleTrial.com. Uh, shout out to all of our friends that's been down with us since day one. You know who you are. Um, and again, man, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. And we will catch you guys next week with another edition of Something About Sports. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel again. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Streamlabs.com forward slash movement radio forward slash merch. Go cop some merch. And as always, check out movementradio.us, your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. Now shit in your bed. Bed. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.